Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Y'all catch that groundhog? I mean, with my hands? Catch it? I don't think you're no, supposed I don't to catch it. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the purpose of Groundhog's Day? <laughs> to hold it? Like they toss every, it? Everyone tries to... It. Now, you, you don't have to catch that one. You just have to catch ah. Uh, oh. Uh, if we all catch a groundhog, then winter goes away. Mm. You know, I foolishly thought there was a groundhog that was, like, the one for Groundhog's Day. Well, there is, like, the... the I mean... There's the most famous. Well, yeah, but then there were all the news stories about the one groundhog that, like, didn't make it to Groundhog's Day. <laughs> but, like, it was, it didn't have the name of, like, the big guy, so That's... it wasn't the big one. It was one in, like, New Jersey or yeah, something. Yeah, the, the New Jersey groundhog The New gave Jersey up. groundhog <laughs> didn't make the, uh... it until, like, the day before. I mean, if groundhogs are predicting the future, if they have some sort of clairvoyant property, what omen is it if the mm. groundhog dies before Groundhog yeah. Day? Yeah, what does that I don't mean? think a good one. I don't think I was gonna say Milltown Mel. That's yes. who it was. Oh, Mel. Milltown Mel. May he may he rest in peace. Um, gave up the day before Groundhog's Day, which Do I mean I don't know. Like I don't know how. I was about to say I don't know how things could get worse, but <laughs> that seems like a bad thing to say. Do you, do you guys ever feel bad for the the big the big groundhog Punxsutawney Phil? Yeah, because you know it's not the same groundhog every year. You know it's <laughs> yeah. not the same one every year, but they call it by the same name, so it's like that groundhog <laughs> never really gets an identity. They're just like I mean, fulfilling a role. They don't get to be their own person. It might be the same one for a year, for a couple years. I, how long do groundhogs live traditionally? Well, I don't know, Sydney, but they've been doing this for like decades. I know it's not been the oh, same okay, groundhog well, the whole time. <laughs> I, it's not the I, same okay, one but, that drove the truck with Bill Murray. Yeah. I know that. I, I mean, none of us know a, a, a groundhog's lifespan. So maybe they're like maybe they're like the big turtles that live for like hundreds of years. I don't know. You could tell that's me that's That's kind of terrifying, true, I, actually. I would not believe I, it. I don't know. As a, as somebody who has a, <laughs> a biology degree, I don't know this, but I'm thinking they don't live that long. <laughs> About three years. Whoa. Less than I would have guessed. Less than I oh, would have wow. guessed. That's so less than a guinea pig. A and lot of groundhogs films. are hardy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I didn't know it was that short. So the one that... Um, <laughs> for a Milltown good time, Mel- not yeah. a long time. you know they have to this is the universe's way of balancing out they have the power to predict the future so they can't be with us too long they could tell us too much oh my god they cancelled all the Groundhog Day festivities for the entire city well yeah Milltown Mel's gone well they could have gotten a different one who's gonna know (laughs) they do it every year with the big guy that's true. There is that is a, I, I have to say there's a legitimate question because like you know a bunch of stuff was planned and like money and time and resources used on this stuff. People were excited. Well, there had to have been somebody in the room oh. when they found the groundhog who was like, "Why don't we just get another one real fast?" Well, <laughs> apparently they tried to get another one. Oh, this says this was from Milltown Mel's Facebook page. <laughs> It says, we Wranglers are sad to report that Milltown Mel recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge. Considering the average lifespan of a groundhog is about three years, that is not such a shock. But Mel left us at a tough time of year when most of his fellow groundhogs are hibernating, so no babies will be available to replace him until this spring. We tried everywhere to get a stand-in, but to no avail. 
Oh. So. Yeah. It said we'll work on. Uh, we'll work hard on getting a new weather prognosticator for the next year. Until then, please check out what all of Mel's cousins have to say on February 2nd. So, you know, all the other ones across the country. What a bummer. Yeah. That yeah. sounds like, like a good basis for like a like a, an animated movie, though. Like, you know, oh, no. And then like winter doesn't end because because the groundhog passed on before it could predict the end of it so the, a, a brave young groundhog has to come to the surface to make winter end this is this would be a great anime i agree with you i can see this it is a wonderful animated film but if it's gonna start off with a groundhog death with a death yeah it's got to be pixar right yeah. like it's gonna be a pixar movie i don't know disney's killed off a lot of parents guys that's true oh it's uh, the parent of the gra- no. That's too sad. Last year, it's like Bambi, year, but for groundhogs. Last year, Milltown pitch. Milltown Mel had to spend Groundhog Day in quarantine, but he did take what? a quick peek outside and predicted an early spring last year. Oh. He spent last year in quarantine. So groundhog. Gra- well, can groundhogs, I, can groundhogs get-, get COVID? Uh, may may maybe. Maybe did did we have to lose him because we let him out too soon and he he was exposed? I don't know. I mean, they can car- there are of course many coronaviruses that animals can carry. I mean, I mean, well, I mean, I, I guess if it's a predictor for the next year and old Mel got COVID and and that's why he passed, that's a pretty pretty one to one prediction sign. there. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't know. I mean, I I don't I don't know which strains of covid <laughs> infect groundhogs if in fact they do i mean it's it's reasonable to, to guess they may well but you only need the one guy to hold up the groundhog because you know they do the whole mm-hmm. thing like they hold it over their head which yeah. i always think is funny because it looks like the lion king but it's a groundhog um like you just need the one guy so like well was he really in quarantine or is that just fanciful well, I don't know, Sydney. We're talking about a groundhog celebration that we as a country have recognized every year. So how right. fanciful does it have to be? Is this something that they told children as to why they couldn't gather? And right. They just, you read it and you believed it. It was in a news article. <laughs> what, what is that It was that in mean? a news article. It was from Milltown Mel's Facebook page. <laughs> it was on Facebook. Yeah, I don't, I don't trust old people or old groundhogs on Facebook with the truth. I gotta say, I was just scrolling through the article to get to the end because I was trying to see how old Milltown Mel was. Uh, and there are a few quotes in there from someone labeled as a funeral director, and I didn't read into detail, but I'm going to assume that means they had a groundhog funeral, right? Oh, <laughs> Right? <laughs> this is just getting, like, more more depressing. Did, yeah. uh, uh, Tay, did you, by the way, we were talking about animals getting coronavirus. Did you read the article... <laughs> About how they're finding a bunch of um, different variants of COVID in the wastewater in New York, and they're not finding them in humans, so they don't know what the source of these COVID strains are. <laughs> I read this article, and I was just becoming more and more upset. Taylor's face, why did you tell them that? And then, well, their theory is that it's the rats, but they haven't oh, been able nah. to prove it, because they, they keep catching rats and testing them, and they've never found these specific this you know combination these mutations in the rats but there's something that's carrying them in the wastewater i was reading this article going oh no it's like the beginning of like a spider-man villain or something i don't know it's a different different creature that's living in the underground 
apparently is having a hard time with COVID. I don't know. I was reading this article and then they were talking about all the rats in New York. And I just I was like, I, I started to tell Justin and then I was like, I can't tell Justin about this. No, he'll never no. sleep again. No. How does Justin feel about groundhogs? He doesn't like any anything that's rodent like. Well, yeah, but they're so big. What about I don't know a if he, he could accept that. Yeah, he does like actually the bigger they are in that sort of family of or whatever. Yeah. Whatever we're kingdom phylum genus mm-hmm. species family. I don't know. Wherever we're talking yeah. about <laughs> genera. Uh, he does like the bigger ones because he actually said that rats scare him less than mice because mice are smaller. And so mice freak him out more than rats. So mm. so rodents of unusual size. Great. <laughs> He's fine great. with those. He would love those. <laughs> a capybara. <laughs> he wants one. Yes. <laughs> Everybody yeah. wants a capybara. Um, so he's fine with my big chubby guinea pig, oh, that- not with the tiny tiny weird one well he says that but at the he, remember that what was that one little thing you used to have in your room the hamster oh. it was a hamster that i mean literally was like two two or three inches big he was, me. It was terrified so of that hamster i was too to be fair well it, it tried to bite me once it bit me and then bit dad um so yeah but um, yeah one of those tiny guys but i i say that but one time in an apartment we lived in there was a raccoon that used to hang out on our fire escape all the time and when that raccoon was out there justin would freak out so mm-hmm. i don't really mm-hmm. oh raccoons are the best <laughs> yeah he'd look out there and go oh god oh god it's back <laughs> i go you, hi <laughs> you guys seen there's a big capybara in in, in Encanto? It's like on all the posters and in like all, a lot I don't of the think scenes. I noticed. Yeah. It's very cute because they Aww. just look like big guinea pigs. Anyways, we're not talking about rodents. No. No. We're talking about romance. Romance. <laughs> chemical romance. Ah. <laughs> Who's chemical romance? My chemical oh. romance. Oh, there we go. <laughs> all of our chemical romance. It's a socialist chemical romance. <laughs> that was expert level transitioning. Yes. <laughs> it was a team effort. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yes, this week I brought my chemical romance to the table. Uh, it's a, a band formed in the early 2000s. Uh, it broke up, but then recently has gotten back together and has performed again live shows. So, okay, so this tour isn't the first time they've got. I didn't. I, I actually didn't know that part. I knew they broke up back in like 2013 or something. But yeah, they got back together in. I think their first show out was 2019, and then obviously a lot of them got canceled, and now they're back playing live again. This uh, this was, of course, partially inspired by that When We Were Young show that's happening right. soon-ish, I don't, a couple months. Uh, mm-hmm. which I don't. I, I I felt kind of funny about it because the name When We Were Young, um, My Chemical Romance, it's it was in the time span of like for me to listen to it, but I felt a little too old for it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was, I was in high school transitioning to college when they were kind of making it big. So I was, I think, a little bit, I was a little too pretentious with my music by then to enjoy something like this. It was kind of after the fact that I got back into it. But mm-hmm. the, that all of these people that are younger than me are like, oh, the When We Were Young tour. I remember what it was like to listen to those bands. I'm like, you're, you're still young. <laughs> Am I old? I know. I, I feel that way a lot because I've seen as much as like 90s fashion was having a moment. I feel like we've moved into some more 2000s kind of stuff that mm-hmm. people are, at least are making TikToks about. And they're talking about like, can you believe this was like this so long ago? And I'm I'm looking at it thinking when these trends were popular, I felt too old for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I didn't know this one kind of surprised me just because, Tay, I didn't know you were that into My Chemical Romance. Usually I know the stuff that you're really into. And this one I didn't realize. Well, I mean, I think that this was because, uh, let's see, their first their first album came out in 2002. But then like the the big album that I think everyone knew was 2004. So this would have been mm-hmm. around like when I was graduating. So I think it was more like college that this was a band that was relevant for me. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Which does make sense for me because I always had a vague awareness of them as a band. And that's usually not the case with some of the other music you all listened to growing up because mm-hmm. it was before anyone I would have known, like most of their older siblings even would have been like listening to music. But this was always one of those ones that like, as I got into like middle school, mm-hmm. there are a few people that were like, look at this cool like band I discovered. And it was my <laughs> chemical romance. And it was like, I mean, you know, probably five or six years after those big albums had come out, but not as far behind you know me as some of the other music you all listen to so well and i didn't realize how many songs as i was listening to it i knew and then somehow had no like if you had asked me like uh the black parade Mm -hmm. if you had asked me who does that song it occurs to me i would have said i have no idea Mm. i mean like i i really and i know that song i've heard it i mean dozens of times Mm -hmm. know it well I how do I not know that's who did I don't know why I don't know why this band I missed the existence of but their music I absolutely yeah. did not it's really weird yeah I think and you all can make fun of me for this that's okay I've accepted it for what? some reason in my head I have conflated I for what no you've accepted that we're, we make fun of you no that you all might make fun of me for this oh okay I've accepted that because <laughs> I laughed clarify. at myself for it I think in the range of who gets made fun of the most on the show, it's probably Sydney first, then me, then you. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, but if that's, I was yeah, making fun fair, of myself for this as I was realizing it, because it makes me sound like I have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. I think in my head, I conflate Paramore, My Chemical Romance, and Panic at the Disco. Like there's a collection of songs from those bands that I know one of them did it. <laughs> I couldn't tell. I couldn't. It'd be a guess to tell you which one, because I mean they're all very similar. And I guess in my head they all were slightly before era, like the era of music that I was watching, like be made. So I know they're all slightly before me, and they all have a similar feel. So I just kind of mix them all together. I don't think that's trying to think. wrong. I mean, I think that that's yeah. Okay. I I know all these bands, so I could tell you. Well, look, well, you know, Paramore has a, a, a female lead vocalist or whatever. But right. there are differences. But sound wise, they were all. Especially, like, all of their first albums were definitely similar sounding. They were that, like, yeah. early 2000s emo before... E- I mean, emo was still a word that we didn't want to use, but, like, kind of before emo became such a, a dirty word that bands actively tried mm-hmm. to sound differently to not be associated with it. Right. Yeah. No, it. I, I mean, I think that's fair. What happened, what I realized about a lot of these bands is that in high school not because I was in high school, but because of what years those were, the way you got music was to go buy it. Like it would come on MTV or the radio, but like if you wanted it, you went to a, you went to your local Sam Goody. (laughs) Right. You know, I mean, you went to the mall for us and you bought the CD you wanted um, at the time. Like this was past tape. 
records were not quite the like cool retro thing. They hadn't yet. come back yet. They, they, like they they were still in existence, but they hadn't yeah. like rushed back yet. So it was like it was very much. I went and I bought the CD I wanted. So like that's limiting in a sense because if I only knew one song by a band, I wasn't going to go buy their whole CD. Yeah, because that was money. Um, but when I got to college was right when Napster became a thing. <laughs> and so the, it was, and that was like the moment where all of a sudden we could go find songs Yeah, and they became very disconnected from the album that they were on or even sometimes the band. Mm-hmm. Like I would listen to a song and, and have like the wrong band listed as who yeah. played it because it was just some weird stolen file that was passed all over the internet or whatever. Yeah. Don't do that kids don't steal music <laughs> see i i'm man i was right in that weird in between time where like they they figured out that people were stealing music and it became harder to do that but it also you could pay for it online mm-hmm. like you could download songs on like the apple store itunes store or whatever but for the most part it was buying cds yeah well, i was in such a weird in between place but also like youtube was kind of a thing but they didn't really have music on there a lot that wasn't a thing people were using it for yeah, that totally missed me. Yeah, I'm, I'm still not caught up on YouTube. And I think in that realm, <laughs> something that helped get My Chemical Romance off the ground is they were one of those MySpace bands, Sid. Oh, yeah. oh. That's how, I mean, there are a lot of artists okay. that got their start. I mean, they they had a MySpace page. You could listen to their songs on their MySpace. So they were one of the early ones to really capitalize on that and grow a big following on MySpace. Uh, yeah, which when you think of like. Even like scene fashion, like you know what I mean when I say scene fashion, right? uh-huh. like that yeah. that kind mm-hmm. of evolved from that sort of MySpace era. Uh, like you could see the roots in like those bands that that got their launch from the MySpace platform. Yeah, yeah. No, I Man, can that definitely sense. see that. You know, you say MySpace, but My Chemical Romance was also one of those bands that when I like. Tumblr became a big thing and then people realized you could like edit like the code in your Tumblr page to like make it look different and add pictures and uh, then there was a feature where you could add sound so music was playing when people get to like your dashboard on Tumblr and there was a little music player at the bottom and My Chemical Romance Romance was always one of those bands that like if I'd go to like the popular Tumblr blogs or whatever with all like the girls that had the perfect aesthetics that I wanted to copy it was always My Chemical Romance that was playing whenever I go to visit their Tumblr pages aesthetics because it kind of like made a weird entry into like i don't want to say like weird entry into mainstream but it also crossed over into like a demographic of listeners that was definitely not a part of like that scene you know yeah scene (laughs) no it's true i mean i i mean it was mainstream like early 2000s when this style and i mean i do think this is uh, okay i'm gonna ask this uh to both of you what would you call the genre of music that my chemical romance is I mean, looking, I know that at the time, the fans of My Chemical Romance and certainly probably the band itself wouldn't have liked this, but I would, listening to it, I would say this is emo. Okay. Like, from my concept of what was emo back in the day, that that would have, it was I guess I would say more punk, but like a pop, a more pop punk, like, you know what I mean? Mm. Well, that's, I was curious because, you know, I, I. I thought of this not too long ago. I went to a, an emo, uh, an emo themed drag night, and mm-hmm. I mean, having like I don't know, like a bit more of like a 
gone kind of deep into my, like my pretentious music. No, no longer there, but definitely spent like my twenties having strong opinions about <laughs> what music was legitimate. Like emo means something really different to me. Like mm-hmm. that term comes from a certain time, and then sort of was uh, like a lot of these bands that I would qualify as like pop punk or just pop music with like some alt rock aspects. A, was called emo, but like. I kind of did a deep dive before this, like, where does that term specifically come from? And it's interesting to see how that sort of progressed, that idea of like, what is emo? Because the the root for that is emotional hardcore. Hmm. So it was like a thing that spun off from like the mid 80s, like hardcore scene. Uh, It's usually like the first band to be called this was like Rites of Spring uh, in like Washington, D.C., but more to our period said like, we- Weezer, early Jimmy World, like Jawbreaker. Yeah. These were sort of like Sunny Day Real Estate, Dashboard Confessional. These were like emo in like the 90s. And like that aesthetic, which was purposely like not an aesthetic, right? Like, oh, yeah. I just I just bought this thrifted shirt. Like it doesn't mean anything. Like my hair is messed up. My shoes are dirty. But it was all very like planned. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think when you really, and then you look at like how it kind of progressed from there into like the early 2000s with like My Chemical Romance and like Taking Back Sunday and like Hawthorne Heights, where you kind of get into that like hot topic aesthetic. Which That's exactly, yeah. Yes. yeah. It's not any less prescribed than we were with our skinny jeans and our hoodies and our ironic t shirts and our messy hair versus this like, you know, the black hair with the stripies and the studded belt. It's all just as, just as mm-hmm. much a style. But it's interesting to see that like, it, it it follows the progression of emo and it still has the same elements. But from the beginning to the end, no one wanted to be called emo. All of these bands are like, no, we're not that. Interesting. Well, it I think that it really does. You're hitting on something that I thought about, like, why, do, why did I not listen to this? And it was about, like, for so long, it was so uncool to care about mm. literally anything. And I, I wouldn't say that's true today. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's true anymore. But like that was and uh, the way that you showed you didn't care evolved, but you had to constantly be showing you didn't care. Mm-hmm. And so once it became obvious you did care, it was like, oh, oh. And that and I mean, to me, like when you say the hot topic aesthetic, that's the first thing I think is like, oh, people who care too much. And like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I have to fight that because that's still that's who I was as a teenager was like, I don't want to look like somebody who cares too much. <laughs> and it's, it's still like, I have to fight that sort of, yeah. in, you know, impulse, like, cause it's not, it's not bad to care. It's not bad to care what you look like. No. It's, you know, I don't feel that. I don't, I don't want to think like, you know, people think I feel that way, but like, I, that was who I was as yeah. a teenager. Yeah. Well, but I do think that that, I mean, same, like that was my initial, like, I definitely listened to a lot of my cam in college, but I could not like, that was headphones on, like in my dorm room alone when, when no one could judge me for it because they absolutely cared. You you couldn't. Yes. I, I mean, their music was very dramatic and like, you know, it wasn't trying to like, oh, we're just cool. We're, you know, like, no, we're screaming. And we're also singing about like vampires and like Bonnie and Clyde. And mm-hmm. like, you know, we're not mm-hmm. taking ourselves too seriously. And there's costuming and there's makeup and there's a whole aesthetic. Like all of that stuff was very, very intentional. Yeah. Which not was not OK at the time. You know, like I just. Mm-hmm wandered into the studio and I picked up this guitar and I didn't write this. I don't, you know, give a crap. I'm just going to sing. Like, that was what you wanted to sound like or look Mm -hmm. like. (laughs) 
Um, I want to talk about more. I think that's really interesting. I want to talk about more of that. But before we do that, let's check the group message. So I have I have something I want to tell you about first. Okay. And that's a snack I've been loving. Um, and that's Magic Spoon. So mm. I Magic Spoon is is cereal, first of all. And I'm usually not a big cereal person. Don't tell Justin. But it's just never been like, I'm not a breakfast person. Usually I associate that with breakfast. But because of Magic Spoon that has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein in every serving, I've been having it as a great little little pre-post workout snack. And it's it's great. It's delightful. It tastes great. Um, it's good for you. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free. Uh, and they have lots of tasty flavors. My personal favorite is the fruity. It tastes like one of the other maybe more well-known fruit circle-shaped cereals. And I will tell you that even if you were a big cereal fan like Justin, mm-hmm. Justin enjoys Magic Spoon yes. as well. So, so it, if you consider yes. yourself an aficionado, there you go. This will this will also please your palate. Yeah. Um, and our dad also is a big cereal cereal eater. He loves Magic Spoon. Um, they have uh, four great flavors in cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. Uh, like I said, my favorite's the fruity. I know our dad likes the cocoa. Uh, Justin likes to mix the cocoa and peanut butter. Mm, like mm-hmm. a little peanut butter cup. Yep. Mm, delicious. But they're all great. Uh, and all four come in the variety pack. So I highly recommend Magic Spoon for cereal lovers and apprehensive cereal eaters of the past like myself um definitely a great breakfast and a great snack so tay if our listeners want to check out magic spoon what should they do well they should go to magicspoon.com buffering to grab a variety pack and try it today and be sure to use our promo code buffering at checkout to save five dollars off your order and magic spoon is so com- confident in their product it's backed with a hundred percent happiness guarantee so if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of cereal at magicspoon.com buffering and use the code buffering to save $5 off. So I know we're all busy, uh, especially the new year comes around. We're all, you know, trying to get motivated, get more work done. And this leads to really busy days for all of us where we have a lot of tasks we're balancing, trying to get everything together. And sometimes your your meals your dinners your lunches whatever they slip through the cracks and you think oh my gosh i don't have time to cook what am i going to do what am i going to do that's where doordash can take care of you that's one less thing to worry about because all you have to do is open the doordash app you pick your favorite uh local place restaurant we do it we do it for all meals we do it for breakfast lunch dinner um it's a great way to support local businesses local restaurants um if you're not going out to eat right now you can have that same yummy food delivered right to your door contactless delivery they drop it safely right outside um you can wait uh until until you got a safe distance open your door yell a thank you that's uh been charlie and cooper's favorite thing to do throughout the mm-hmm. pandemic is yell thank you <laughs> to our lovely doordash delivery di- drivers and make sure and tip them well for this wonderful service that they've helped provide um and you can uh, you can even get like little if you think of things from convenience stores and stuff that you might need doordash can help you out there too um i can't recommend it enough it's been a lifesaver for us so many times when we just can't won't don't want to cook or we really want something yummy and we you know can't go out and get it doordash has got you covered so taylor if our listeners want to check out doordash what should they do 
Well, right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more and zero delivery fees for the first month when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BUFFERING. That's $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees for a month when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BUFFERING. Don't forget, that's code BUFFERING for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. So I was thinking about this while we were checking on the group message while we were talking about this earlier. Um, I think that maybe part of the reason why people, I don't want to say rediscovered my chemical romance, but like it's somewhat made a resurgence um, is because people have finally accepted that it's okay to care about things. (laughs) Because I also definitely was in a different era of not caring about things that was more so like the, the Tumblr girl aesthetic of like, not being like other girls and you know not wearing a lot of makeup and you know wearing like mm. i don't know i'm so quirky i wear sweatpants to school and i wear my hair in a messy Uh-oh. bun you know like, what that sounds like to me what a pick me girl a pick me girl pick me mm. girl yeah like that was what i that's the era that i was uh, a part of not caring and i think finally we've made another loop back around to being like no it's okay to care like all the girls that now have accepted like i am exactly like other girls and i love it like i am so basic i love my starbucks and my taylor swift and wearing mm-hmm. you know leggings and all that. like i'm exactly like everyone else and i love it so i mean We've made, we've made another little loop back around. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, I think it's the same thing. Like, when I was young, I I never, I genuinely did not care what I wore a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I genuinely wore what I, what was comfortable most of the time. Um, so I, I don't feel like I would, that was like fake. But I also have come to terms with the fact that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody cares. Like, it's fine if, if you want to wear... A Jimmy Buffett t-shirt and and like bell-bottom jeans which is literally what I used to wear like those or not bell-bottom but like the big jeans on the bottom that would like hang and get torn and dirty you know what I'm talking about jeans that drag the ground but they weren't like the skater jeans that were large all the way I don't even know what these were but I wore that in a Jimmy Buffett like t-shirt just didn't school. Fit you right? It sounds yeah, like they were too long I for you. But everybody wore them. Hey, you know what I'm talking <laughs> no, about? No, I didn't wear like, my would... jeans like that. I wore I wore skinny jeans. And that came mm-hmm. next. And I I mean, I got there. Like, by college, I was in, like, the skinny jeans with my chucks and my adorable quirky t-shirts. Like, I went there. <laughs> but the point is, none of that makes you, like, better or worse than anybody else. It's no. just, like, that's fine. Yeah. That, I mean, well, that's, the, that's the point. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's that, I don't know, I mean... That ability to, it's, I don't feel like it comes from any different of a place internally to engage with your music taste as it is to engage with your fashion sense. Like, that separation Mm. that used to exist of, like, to be taken seriously, like, you know, you could have opinions about music and you need to listen to it, like, listen to the B-sides and everything. But if you, like, dressed and you looked too purposely punk or whatever, then you were called a poser. It's like, but... Like they're all, they all, it comes from the same place. Like I care about the music I mm-hmm. listen to and I care about the clothes I wear. And like, it's mm-hmm. all part of you expressing yourself. That used to be kind of separate yeah. things. Yeah. Um, I read as I was listening to my chemical romance, uh, I was reading about it and I, f- I found this thing. Apparently they covered one of the songs on Glee or Glee. Let Have them you read about this? Cover one of their songs, right? Yeah, Glee did a My Chemical yeah. Romance song. Yeah, yes, uh, they did sing. Yes, do you do you remember this? I I have seen every episode of Glee at least that, like a dozen I know, times, I figured, so I, I must hold on. Hold and on. it like really upset Glenn Beck. 
I was re- I I was listening to the I was reading this story about like Glenn Beck got really upset because this song sing that that My Chemical Romance did was on Glee, which made it even more mainstream, right? Get you get to a whole new audience and and younger kids or whatever, like we're we're this music is accessible now. And for whatever reason, Glenn Beck felt like it was this awful uh, like call to arms anthem for young punks or something. I don't even well, know what the problem with it was. It's it's wild that this happened, but like that's not there was there was a lot of like media frenzy around like this concern that like my chemical romance was the front to a cult that you know kids were were giving into yeah. like this emo cult where they're going to like you know think about like harming themselves and and worshiping the devil or whatever like there was a lot mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff that is sort of funny when you're coming from the very opposite side where it's like my chemical romance wasn't hard enough for a lot of us it's like oh you know like that's not that's like fun pop what? music. It's not it's not dangerous. <laughs> no. And if you look at the lyrics of the song, because that's what I was oh, like, OK, I was listening to it and I was like, I have to actually like look at these lyrics. I have to know what was so upsetting. It is like there is nothing. I was trying to figure out, like, what was Glenn Beck mad about? They're sort of saying, like, we you need to, like stop giving up about things and not you know you need to care about things and speak out about things and do something like it's a motivational mm-hmm. song it's inspirational it's like sing for the other people like yeah. you know inspire others like be somebody like it's all good stuff it's like don't just give in to that like ennui of the 90s of like whatever we don't care anymore like yeah you know yeah. well they sang on glee they sing this song as part of anthem week that was their assignment for the week and i'm reading the description of this episode now i remember it very clearly and this is another one of those that sounds fake glee mm-hmm. so many plots sound <laughs> just fake um in original song sue forbids new directions from performing sing at regionals claiming that her former lover who she claimed to be the drummer of my chemical romance <laughs> refused to give them the rights to perform the song that is how <laughs> my chemical romance fits in the glee canon i love that so but yeah i do remember that and i would i could i would not have told you that was in my chemical romance song if it I, wouldn't have been for that storyline it's a really lovely song and it's it's very like i i know that like if you look at some of like I, you know i don't know you said costuming and it really does look like costuming like the stuff that they wore i wouldn't say like outfits I would say like it, it does look very intentional. Like mm-hmm. these are choices that oh, everyone yeah. is being that, that that they're making. If you look at the costuming and the hair and the makeup, you don't expect what's coming out of them is this like pick yourself up and like do like do something big and don't be afraid and speak out and like that is not what you think is a, but that's like what kind of what the song is. It's mm-hmm. like a it's very moving. <laughs> well, and I think it, you know that like the the sort of uh to add more to that, there were other prominent like rock bands at the time that had specifically not allowed their songs to be covered on Glee because that mm-hmm. would uh, undermine their authenticity, you know. And like mm-hmm. my Chemical Romance is like, yeah, okay, sure. Like, which I think goes back Same to that thing. idea of like, you know, it's not it's not about like not taking yourself seriously, but it also kind of is because I think it also it's important to note that like Gerard Way, the founder of My Chemical Romance, uh, he went to my. My alma mater, he was an SVA kid. He was a cartoonist. He actually worked at, he interned at Cartoon Network before he decided to start the band. It's actually kind of a a wild story. I mean, he was, he was working in the city when September 11th happened. And he, this was the thing that inspired him. Like, I don't, I want to get that out there and do stuff now. Like, I want to be making things now. And that Mm -hmm. gave him the impetus to start the band. But like, 
that element of like kind of creating characters sort of fantasy like the the uh sort of the storyline that runs through a lot of these albums or even in the songs has that sort of comic book like fantasy element that is so the opposite of like i'm trying to be mm-hmm. super serious real world like and when you look at the roots of like emotional hardcore the big thing that it stood out for is it was talking about your personal life and things that matter on a personal level and it's kind of taking that vulnerability but but like creating fantasy out of it which is really fun like there's that yeah I, I, you can't take that away i mean the black parade the the album yeah when they debuted that album they literally announced at the show like my chemical romance isn't gonna play tonight they're gonna be replaced by this band called the black parade and everybody got mad and then they came out on stage and it was my chemical romance but they were wearing <laughs> those you know those marching band outfits yeah and mm-hmm. they all had adopted different personas like there's a there's a performance. I feel like it's almost more like glam rock, which is something that Jared Way referenced a lot. Like mm-hmm. you know Ziggy Stardust. Mm-hmm. Like it's a David Bowie thing, and I think that's really cool. Like it's creating a narrative, creating characters, creating a mythology. You know. Yeah, I love the campiness of that. Yeah. I didn't know that. No, it's... I, well, and I think that we finally recognize that, right? Like that all these throughout the decades all these bands that people thought were so cool and part of that being like they're just like doing their thing and they don't care what you think and they don't need your approval like well okay but they also are like performing Mm -hmm. it's a show it's it is and when you talk about like glam rock like everything is intentional it is costuming it is hair and makeup like Mm -hmm. if you look at like all the hair bands Mm -hmm. like you think they weren't taking a ton of time to get ready for those shows i mean all of that stuff and even when you move into the the grunge era of don't care like you think you think nirvana wasn't making choices Mm -hmm. i mean everybody makes choices and that's what makes a good show that's what makes it fun to watch and why you watch their videos and go see their shows and stuff like that and it's the same thing as theater it's just that's cool and apparently theater isn't as cool (laughs) I do. I think. I think it requires a very specific type of courage. And really, when we talk about like a punk rock attitude to really not care, I. I think it's actually. It's. It's not about not caring. It's about not caring how people perceive how much you care or how much you love the thing you love. Like yeah. That to me reads more true because, you know, like that. Like, I'm gonna do the thing that I'm passionate about that I think is cool that I think is fun, and putting your your passion and you, you know your your choices on display like that that's a lot scarier than saying i don't know whatever like i just wrote this i just play who cares like i don't care like when you're like no i clearly i care i have designed a character and an outfit and i have written like a, a an album that has a whole theme and a story to it clearly i care i think it's funny you know we talked about green day and like the later green day albums like american mm-hmm. idiot and uh, 21st Century Breakdown that are kind of operas, they're rock operas, that that intention that lost Green Day a lot of fans but also gained it way, gained them way more new ones, I think comes from the same place as yes. where my, my Chemical Romance yeah. evolved. I, I thought that as well. As, as we were talking about it, I was thinking it, it reminds me a lot of Green Day because like, if you had told me when, I w- when we were like sitting in our friend's basement listening to green day dookie back in yeah listening to dookie back in the 90s if you had told me like this these performers are going to do like they're going to be making choices in the future to put on these very intentional like stage shows with this artistry and like all this stuff i would have been like are you kidding me these are a bunch of like 
cool guys in a garage like yeah. that you know i mean it, it never but it that definitely is what it is yeah and i, and I enjoy that and I, most of us do like mm-hmm. if you just get over yourself most of us do like that it's nice to consume mm-hmm. something that you think somebody really put a lot of thought and work into like i think mm-hmm. it's you know i don't know i and I, I guess that that wasn't that wasn't cool, but I I'm happy that we're moving into a period where people can appreciate this stuff. I mean, I think it's cool that they're back and playing again. And I mean, you know, G- Green Day was on Broadway. That's great. Yeah, that's how I knew what Green Day was because they had a musical. <laughs> so the My Chemical Romance musical is clearly the next step. How when's that going to happen? I don't know. They could. I mean, they could move in that direction. Like the same. You know. Yeah. The music has the same feel that I mean, they definitely could uh and then gerard way did uh the umbrella academy right yeah yeah uh that was um he was he wrote and illustrated it then they i think they went back and had somebody else redraw the original ones but yeah and him he's continued to work in comics he's done some some stints on stuff and like some of his his younger brother Mikey Way is also in the band. I think he just had something come out, but they've always like kept a hand in comics. Actually, my junior portfolio review at SVA, Gerard Way showed up because he was uh, he was good buddies with one of my teachers, Joey Cavallari, uh, the same dude that got me my DC internship. Got Gerard Way his Cartoon Network internship. Wow, <laughs> so, oh, that's, that's crazy. Cool. I am one degree of separation from Gerard Way. Yeah, <laughs> but. But I remember he showed up at the review just to kind of walk around and look at people's stuff. And there was such a mix of like, oh, that's so cool. And then like, you know, senior cartooning students are like, oh, whatever. Oh, he's in my chemical romance. Who cares? Like, are you kidding? He, Hey, we're, we're in a room full of people that haven't done the thing that we want to do. And he did the thing that he wanted to do. That alone sets him apart from us. So maybe have some respect. Mm-hmm. It really, it really is uh, hopeful to me looking to the future that like, it, I feel like the younger generations, it is it is not uncool to care about stuff and to yeah. let people know you care about stuff. In fact, if you are completely detached and don't care about anything, it's more concerning. Like, yeah. aren't you paying attention? Aren't you awake? You should be caring about stuff because, you know, there, there's because there's a lot of stuff yeah. changes and things that need to happen. And the, that starts with you actually paying attention and caring about stuff. Um, and that's people younger than me. That's not even like my mini generation in between like the actual Gen Zs and the millennials. That's like all the current teens. Yeah. I don't know what happened to my <laughs> tiny generation. We we're just trying to get through. <laughs> uh, I think that's, I think a lot of us feel that way too. <laughs> we'll just try to get through. Yeah. yeah. But I, I definitely agree with that. I, I think that we definitely have moved to, you should care about stuff. Mm-hmm. If you don't like anything or you, What's going on? Yeah, and we've—I think we've all embraced um, like cheesiness a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I think I think that as a society, we're a little more open to that. I think maybe because we're all about to cry all the time now. I think so. <laughs> but yeah, if you could find joy somewhere, like what? Why? Why would you hold yourself back? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the world. Yeah, I, I love cheese. I love camp. I love things also that love are cheese. Yeah, I I and I don't love it ironically. It just well that like, love it. The, the ability to not only like take the thing that you want to do seriously, but also the people that laugh at it or, or think it's bogus or whatever to not take them too seriously. Like that's, that was, cause you know, you think of like those, you know, the, the trying so hard to not be a poser. It's like, you kind of 
any like joy was so sucked out of that it was just like trying to be as legitimate and as serious as possible Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. like that's just that's not a very fun way to make art or even like consume art like no i remember those days of standing in hot topic and staring at the t-shirt wall with all the bands Mm. with all different t-shirt bands and thinking like now i love that band and i own all their cds but i've never seen them play live so i don't know if i can get that t-shirt because then what if somebody asks me have you ever seen them live and then i'll say no and then they'll think i'm a poser so Mm -hmm. yeah i can't get that one i mean i remember like literally standing there looking at shirts thinking i can't own it because i'm not i'm not legit enough (laughs) i've had that same experience except the fear of someone coming up to me and being like oh you like I don't know. If I was wearing like a My Chemical Romance, like My Chemical Romance, name like five of their songs. Well, that used to happen. name all of their albums. <laughs> yeah. Like that happened a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'd moved past the phrase "poser," I think. Although, but same idea. I feel like the kids are all wearing like ACDC shirts now. Well, that's like and the Ramones, ACDC, like Led Zeppelin shirts. Like for groups like that, became super popular. Like made a resurgence in like the Forever Twenty One era of yeah. Of fashion. And I I know I I I mean maybe they're listening to this music. Probably they're not. probably not because I had them as well and I wasn't really listening to it. Well, but I do think because I mean I'm a, I, I I live in Brooklyn where there's everybody's younger and more stylish than me, and I I see like these twenty year olds wearing like my chem shirts or like Paramore shirts, and I'm like oh. Oh, that's what's cool in Brooklyn right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So. I don't know. I don't I don't run with many people who are wearing cool shirts anymore. You looked right at me when you said oh, that. Oh, no. I wow. Mean, I don't mean you. No, You're wearing, wearing a Taylor, wearing Swift, Taylor shirt. Swift shirt. I wear cool <laughs> shirts all the time. That's true. Well, that's. Oh, okay. You too. I mean, like, in my, like, work life. That's fair. You know. Oh. I mean, you're a doctor, so. Nobody wears cool t-shirts when they're doctoring. No. <laughs> I mean, I do. I still wear Jimmy Buffett t-shirt. Under that white coat. <laughs> um, can I ask what uh, what songs did either of you enjoy of, of My Chemical Romance? Because I won't get a chance to ask this again. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I had heard, like I said, I didn't realize that um, the Black Parade was their song. But that's a great song. But yeah. like, um, I really did like Sing. That one, it intrigued me. And then I listened to it and it moved me. Mm-hmm. Um, I really thought that was good. The Teenager song, again. That's what I was going to say. Didn't yeah. realize yes, that was, yeah. didn't realize that was them. Love that. I mean, I've heard that many times. That That's an awesome song. Um, yeah, I was really shocked how many songs I was like, oh, I know these songs. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, Teenagers was the one that I was thinking of that I definitely heard. Did not, mm-hmm. it was my chemical romance. And then also thoroughly enjoyed Cooper made us play the teenager song over and over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Of course she did. Of mm-hmm. course. She has this whole dance. Like, she kept tossing her hair down in her face and then, like, swinging herself around as she was, like, kind of head esque a little bit. Like, I don't know. It was, <laughs> But she, she made sure she kept, like, mussing her hair up and putting it down in her face oh every time I'd put the song on. <laughs> I love that. It's perfect. What's your favorite song, Tay? Oh, I I don't know. I mean, I feel like I have songs off of each album that I like because mm-hmm. each album kind of has a different experience. But, you know, I think it's literally the first song that Gerard w- w- uh, Way wrote, which was inspired by the events of September 11th, uh, Skylines and Turnstiles. Yeah. The mm-hmm. first album that I think is really beautiful. A lot of the ones you've named I also like. I, I like Hang 'em High. I like a, a weird Western aesthetic behind. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's mm-hmm. also one of my favorite Green Day songs. But... Um, 
Oh gosh, I don't know. It's, I should have I should have made you a playlist this time, like I have in the past. I skipped well, around. I did too. Yeah, yeah. Did some exploring, but well, thank, thank you. you. Ty. Yeah. yeah. No, th- thank you. Um, I uh, appreciate you. No, <laughs> listening it was, to it was my fun. chemical romance for me. It yeah. was fun. Yeah, I liked the music. And again, like some of it I knew I liked. I just didn't know it was them. And then others I, I liked as well. And Cooper has a new favorite band. So there you go. You know what? That makes sense for Cooper. Mm-hmm. It I really does. does. You should show her some of the music videos. Mm. Oh, she'd lo- she would. You, she would like love the, them. The video for Hang Em High or uh, I'm Not Okay or Black Parade. I think she'd like all those. Or not uh, yeah. Helena. That's what I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I will. I will show her that. Yeah. All right, well, what's next, Rilo? So, um, very similarly, of course, to My Chemical Romance, I have a movie that I think fits this aesthetic very well. It's called Camp Rock. (laughs) It's a Disney Channel original movie Uh starring Demi Lovato and the Jonas Brothers. Perfect. So, it's perfect. There are several. You just got to watch the first one. It's very silly. It's very goofy. But it was very important to me because it always made me wish I could go to, you know, rock star summer camp that didn't exist. All right. So we will watch Camp Rock. <laughs> Charlie good. will like it. I was going to say this will be Charlie's aesthetic. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all uh, listeners. You should check out My Chemical Romance if you've never heard of them. <laughs> you probably have. <laughs> I'm sure you have. If nothing else, you've seen the TikTok with the graph yep. about Black Parade. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, I'm going to show you this. TikTok. I forget that <laughs> okay. Sydney watches TikTok like I know. a lot, which is always weird to me. Uh huh. Sydney's on TikTok a lot. Love TikTok. All right. Well, I'm going to show you that. But first, um, you can tweet at us at StillBuff. You can email us at stillbuffering@maximumfun.org. And thank you to the Novellas for our theme song, "Baby Change Your Mind." This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am. am there's so many great TikToks. I don't know. <laughs> Denise loves those talks. I love all those talks. When, when's your next TikTok coming out? When's your next talk for Mary? Well, I've read plenty of articles about shows I haven't watched. <laughs> Everyone about the new Sex in the City. Oh. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Our comedy podcast, Jordan Jesse Go, just celebrated its 15th anniversary. It was a couple months ago, but we forgot. Uh, yeah, completely. Our, our silly show is 15 years old. That makes it old enough to get its learner's permit. And almost old enough to get the talk. Wow, I hope you got the talk before then. A lot of things have changed in 15 years. Our show's not one of them. We're never changing and you can't make us. Jordan, Jesse, go the same forever at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.